The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. It's time to talk money. But, of course, the media is not covering any of that. If, if you didn't know that from, like, Fox News or something else, you would never know at all. Bernie Sanders owns three homes, and he drives around in an Audi and tells everybody else he's going to save the environment. You should drive little stupid roller skate-looking cars. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local financial experts Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas, member FINRA SIPC. It takes a stupid person to run in that party, but it takes a dumber person to vote for him. That, my friends, is Democrat privilege. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this is News Radio 930 WBEN. We are the Financial Guys. Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron with you today. It's been a little while, hasn't it? It has. I was actually <laughs> looking back at my files. I think it's been several months, maybe can four you, to five months. Can you believe it? I haven't hijacked it in quite a while. But, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. Busy show. There's so many uh, things we can talk I don't know if we about. We can get to all of it. We've got a lot to talk about today and a couple special guests coming in. Absolutely. We got uh, Stefan Mahailu coming on. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, uh, soon to be released book by Mark Polencars. And right, I'm sure it's going to be a bestseller because probably the county will end up buying millions of copies of that with our tax dollars. <laughs> there you go. That's an easy way to sell your books. <laughs> Just have the county that you serve uh, buy right. them all every, and give them away. Every resident of the county will get one in the mail. Paid for with our tax dollars. There you go. Just for light reading, just right. because it's an interesting story. Um, what's the name of that book? Um, I, I can't remember. I'll find it. But, uh, yeah, so basically the book was about the negotiations with the Buffalo Bills. Right. And Stefan is the Erie County controller. He's thinking, um, you know, was this done? Was this really done? Uh, not in a fraudulent way, but was it appropriate that our Erie County executive is writing books about some private dealings and I mean, it is kind of a big deal, right? Plus the fact that, you know, I think polling cars put in a bill saying that you can't do things like this on a side for profit. So, right. you know, of, of course, the That's rhetoric right. of, uh, of Mr. Polling cars. But we could invite him. Uh, Mark, if you're listening, please call in. You can uh, you can talk with us on the air, but Absolutely. I don't think we're going to get that call. You know, maybe they could take those books and they could fill the potholes. That would be nice. You know, I hit one <laughs> on the way here on Maple. Did you? Um, I it, it jarred my teeth. Our toll, yeah. all those toll uh, charges, aren't they going to the right things, yeah. like well, fixing our roads? You know, perfect. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, taxes uh, in New York State. Uh, taxes yes. and, and, you know, we all think of property tax, income tax, but they tax everything in this state. And also what it's doing as far as population moving out of New York State, mm -hmm. we're hitting records right now. Yep. We are the number one state for losing population in all 50. We're one of nine that lost population. So you could say we're the champions? We are the champions. We that's, are the champions. <laughs> that's, that's even after we had 71,000 immigrants move in here, probably most not legally. Right. And we had 61,000 births. So if you think about that net net, hmm. it's a huge number. And most of those people moving 
our taxpayers. Yeah, and I know Not, you you were in your uh, research cave for about 14 days just studying <laughs> this, found a lot of research, a lot of numbers we can share with everyone. Uh, again, uh, Mike Hayflick and Jeff Boron with the Financial Guys, and always happy to be here. Beautiful Saturday here in western New York. Um, sunny, eh, still a little cold, but we're getting past it soon. If you want to call in anytime, open mic session here, 803-0930, star 930 from your cell, 1-800-616-9236. And from our South Florida, uh, for the South Florida listeners, if you'd like to call, um, please do that. And uh, let us let us know if you moved out of Western New York and why, and right. if it had anything to do with taxes. Yeah, we'd love to hear from some, some people listening who either know people or are thinking of moving themselves, or if you're just fed up with the taxes you're paying in New York State. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the, this list of uh, the really multiple lists that you brought in, it, it it kind of it, it makes you say, holy cow, I didn't even think that there were that many ways that they could actually it, kind of go it into actually, my pocket. It actually gets depressing. I think it's going to be great to have Stefan on here because he can give us some, shed some light. You know, Erie, Absolutely. Remember Erie County, when we went to 8.75% sales tax, mm -hmm. that was a temporary tax. It's just and temporary. I forget how many years it's been, but that was only supposed to be temporary until we uh, bridged some gaps. But well, uh, and temporary, we were saying, uh, well, could, you know, that's could it's, be a hundred years. It's an interpretable <laughs> word, temporary. I mean, temporary could be, you know, for forty years. So, speaking of stats, uh, everybody knows what Tax Freedom Day is. If you don't, it's when you stop working to pay the government and actually keep money for yourself. So, sometime during the year, you know, you've if you add up all the money you made and you say, okay, all this money went to the government, went to taxes, federal, state, whatever. Ah, yes, uh, I like this. New York State is now, we're not, we're not the best. We're 48th as far 48th. as. <laughs> we now work till May 11th. Oh, my. Just to pay taxes. May 11th. Yeah, so, so. so over five, let's see, over four months. That's that's 35%, right? right? Something like that. So if you think about it, if you lived Jeez. in Tennessee, you know, which which we've talked about. There's mass migration going to states like Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You are free and clear April seventh. So you know it's well over a month, <laughs> an extra month, extra of money month that goes. You're to paying our... <laughs> taxes of your salary, so oh. you don't get uh, you don't get free till May 11th in this state, and uh, it's getting a little little tiring. Well, here uh, you know it seems like all the left uh, candidates for president uh, they're trying to outflank each other on the left. They keep going further and further and further. And we've got a, a gentleman named Andrew Yang, and he's uh, a long shot for the 2020 candidacy. But he thinks that just giving, basically he calls it universal basic income, give everyone $1,000 a month, anyone who's 18 and older. I don't know about you, Jeff, but <laughs> if, uh, if all these people out there that don't want to work already, they're not really like seeking are they really going to want to go do that after they just get a thousand bucks a month? It's like getting a raise for not working. I know. So it's, a, it's a great world, this America. Are they going to pay any taxes if they if they just get? You know, free? I I don't understand <laughs> the logic when you hear programs like this to encourage people not to work. Right. It, it's just it's not what the country was built on. And and no, and it it actually I, I've always argued you're you're actually you know, stealing from people the 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 sort of the satisfaction of completing programs whether it's getting your diploma getting degree certifications whatever it is and then actually going and finding jobs like you're stealing that opportunity from them you're not giving them that 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 op kind of the choice to say hey i can be successful watch this when it when uh, it comes to the brutal. point where people can stay home 
and make more money than getting an right. entry-level job, the system's broken. That's right. It's and and again, temporary, right? Unemployment and things like that. I mean, we've we've seen clients go through things like this. You, you need some help. You need a, a, a hand to, to kind of help you, help you up. You just don't need it all the time. You don't well, you need know, it forever. You think about the program, T-A-N-F, the first letter is te- for temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These people on it for a lifetime, That's generations. Right. Which is awful. It's just awful. It's not right. It's uh, it's wrong in many, many ways. But uh, that's uh, Andrew Yang, uh, a presidential candidate on the Democratic side. Long shot, but yeah, let's give $1,000 a month to every American age 18 and older. Let's see if that flies. I'd love to know how many people are going to run for president on the Democratic ticket because you couldn't fit them all on a stage today. I know. I thought you know, If you wanted to have well, a debate, they wouldn't all fit. Yep. Remember uh, for the Republicans, I thought, oh my gosh, look at it. Like they had to actually break it up into two nights. Remember that? Right, right. Like the lower five or six had to be in like, say, a second night. How are they going to do this? <laughs> the, they're going to go from far left to left. <laughs> yeah, they're all going to say, I'm not going to be on the right side of the stage. Like, no, 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 no. I want to stay on the left. They'll just keep pivoting, right? Maybe they'll have to do it that way. So, anyway, if you want to chime in here, folks. Uh, Please call. It's always fun to be here, the financial guys. Uh, if you need us throughout the week, you could reach us at 633-1515. Um, down in South Florida, 561-641-5050. Um, we have a growing presence um, in Florida, and it might be because of those folks that are all deciding, you know what, it's actually pretty nice down here. It's nice to not pay the high, high, high taxes. Um, you you actually did a little research, Jeff, on property taxes too, right? Oh, sure, all kinds of tax. We'll get into that. I think we got to take a quick break. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that um, soon. Stefan Mahailu, we've got Denise Breyer of uh, Send Your Kids to College, uh, All Pro Tutoring. Someone Jeff works closely with. We're going to talk a little bit of college planning today. A little bit of social security claiming, if you'd like. Uh, if you have any questions for me. Um, Ron Reinstein and I, uh, we're actually doing a noon seminar this Wednesday at our TFG Academy right at 305 Spindrift. If you'd like to call 633-1515 to register for that, please do. Or you can just sign up right online, right on our website, thefinancialguys.com. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to continue, maybe take a few phone calls. Uh, You've got Mike Hayflick and Jeff Boron here on News Radio 930 WBEM. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. All righty, welcome back. Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron, with The Financial Guys firm here in western New York, and even in South Florida now, we, uh, we're growing, and I think we're heard in a, almost two on two-thirds of Florida. Really? Yeah, Stations that a, strong. That's fantastic. It's a fantastic. big, big um, a section of Florida that hears us. So if you're down in South Florida, you'd like to call in. Of course, here in western New York, please feel free to, to light up these phone lines. Don't wait till the end. Um, we don't like to leave here feeling sad that we didn't get everyone's phone calls in. Yeah, that's right. Jeff, it really hurts Jeff's feelings way more than me. He's the more sensitive guy of the two of us, right? <laughs> Mr. Sensitive. Mr. Sensitive here, yeah. Uh, 803-0930, um, star 930 uh, from your cell, 1-800-616-9236. Um, if you think like us, if you need us throughout the week, we do manage money for a living. You want to go through our homework process, we'd love to have you pop into the office. So if you need us, 716-633-1515. Talking taxes today. Talking taxes, talking about New York. You think you pay too much to live in New York? Love to hear from you. 
We have a special guest uh, on the live line, yes. Stefan Mahailu. Yes, uh, we do. Erie County Controller and um, Stefan. We're gonna. We're just gonna uh, tell you why he's on. Uh, he actually put a, a FOIA request in to find out a little bit more about um, a, a book that is going to be released very, very soon uh, by Mark Polencars, and he is our Erie County Executive. Beyond the X's and O's, keeping the Bills in Buffalo. So he had obviously some dealings with the Buffalo Bills to keep them here. Um, and Stefan Mahailu, here he is on the line with us. Stefan, are you there? I am. Good afternoon. Good hey, afternoon. Good. Thanks for joining us. So one quick question. Uh, when Mark Polencar sells the book, will they sell it and give it to you in a plastic bag? <laughs> <laughs> will you get a signed copy, like a free signed copy? <laughs> They're banning plastic bags, so that might be a big no-no. Oh, oh my gosh, that's, that's right. right. They might tax that's it, too, That's probably actually. the biggest problem we have in this whole county. Yeah, oh, my gosh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's rampant, rampant use of plastic bags, you know. Well, the, the politicians gave themselves a raise this year. Spending's up $250 million since 2012. You know, the politicians couldn't find it in their hearts to cut taxes. Roads are a mess. You know, they resemble a third-world country, and that's an insult to third-world countries. Mm. Our priority is banning plastic bags. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. Um, hopefully things turn around someday. I mean, those are just temporary uh, issues, though. Right. <laughs> right, right, Jeff, temporary. <laughs> that's right. The, the, <laughs> the sales tax is, is only temporarily being raised to 8.75. That was how many years ago? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Largest source of revenue in the county, more than $400 million that we receive from it, and it makes me sick to my stomach to collect it. Mm, well, it's not, a, it's not a wonder that people do, uh, you know, often, uh, I guess, leave. Not temporarily either. They, they actually leave permanently. But right. anyway, Stefan, tell us a little bit about the uh, the FOIA request. It, it was just recently um, submitted, and tell us give give us a kind of a feel for what what raised your uh, concerns about this. Well, uh, Mark Polencars is getting sued uh, for his use of Twitter. There's uh, a downstate nursing home owner that feel as though uh, the county executive was very malicious in his. Twitter usage, so they're suing us, and there's a big discrepancy now of whether or not that's his private Twitter account, if it's an official government one. The county executive went on Twitter and social media talking about an inside account of the bill's lease deal, hmm. and he would personally profit from it. And there are multiple laws within Erie County. Uh, the ethics law uh, that Mark Polencars himself actually signed into law in March 28th of last year uh, says that you're not uh, an elected official at the county level is not allowed to use their public position to receive inside private confidential information and then basically personally profit from it, that mm -hmm. you're benefiting from it. And the county charter is also very clear that his sole job must be county executive. And it's quite interesting because in July of 2014, Mark Polencars told a local media outlet about it being a full-time job county executive. And I'm mm -hmm. Mark Polencars, these are jobs that require your full-time activity. And if you're only putting in part-time hours in the county for a job that requires full-time activity, it's doing a disservice to the people who elected you. Hmm. I agree wholeheartedly with Mark Polencars about that. Yeah. Is there any precedent um, on this? Is there anyone, has, has there ever been anyone else in, in you know, this kind of position um, in the county and, and doing this kind of thing? Have you, you know, is there anyone else that you could even point to that has tried to do this? It's unprecedented for a number of issues. Uh, I think the world of former county executive Dennis Gorski, he's uh, a veteran. He served our country and community honorably. He went through a bill's 
uh, lease negotiations when he was county executive. And Dennis Gorski never personally profited from this. I also find it very interesting and unusual that Mark Polencars has been sitting on this information for years, mm-hmm. um, is going to take inside information, profit from it personally, and then release it two months before Election Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a catch to this. I got it now. Yeah, it's something. Um, I, you know, it just makes me wonder, like, how, how would he do this thinking that nobody's going to be watching this? And, I mean, a book comes out with your name on it about something that everyone knew um, happened here in Western New York. Everyone knows he's the Erie County executive. How, 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 what do you think? I mean, do you just think that he, he might think it's just not a big deal? Uh, it's bizarre, quite frankly. I mean, I don't know any elected official that while they're sitting in office, would take inside information and Mm -hmm. profit from it personally. And again, the ethics law that he signed into law is crystal clear. You cannot take, uh, as an elected official, part of your duties, the the private information you receive, Mm -hmm. and profit from it. And I also am a little concerned because county taxpayers, uh, up until December, I received a bill from a law firm, uh, $400,000 in taxpayer dollars that we are paying to help negotiate the bill's lease deal. It's ongoing. Hmm. They're still negotiating up until December. We're paying a legal bill for that. So if I'm the bills or New York State and you're sitting behind closed doors in a private discussion, I wonder if they're going to feel a little nervous disclosing their position, knowing that someone's writing down or recording what they say and then is going to profit from it personally right. publishing a book. Of course. Right. I mean, that makes perfect sense to think, you know, and, and from the bill standpoint, you'd have to be a little bit peeved about it, thinking, wait a second, these are things we're, we're talking about in private, in confidence, and, and these are big dollars. I mean, the Buffalo Bills here in West New York, you know, we could all debate, do we need these pro, uh, pro teams, but that brings millions and millions of dollars into our uh, economy. Yeah, it certainly doesn't smell right. Hey, Stefan, could you tell the listeners a little bit about Cars what... words. He said there were times where the Bills almost walked away from the negotiations and and left Buffalo. (laughs) I wonder how the team feels about that private discussion being disclosed publicly, that negotiations almost broke down and they were going to leave Buffalo. Sure. I I don't know if they would want that made in a public manner and then have someone profit from it. Sensitive subject. Hey, uh, Stefan, just for the listeners on your on your job and your role, and and you know, I, I know a little bit about reading your bio. Can you just tell the listeners, you know, what you feel your position is as controller of the county. You know, what your duties are, and and how you're helping the taxpayers uh, that elect you. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, there are very few independently elected. Uh, controllers who serve as the chief fiscal officer for a county in New York State. Uh, I'm basically the check and balance on the county executive and uh, the legislature to make sure they're spending tax dollars wisely. I'm the people's watchdog. You know, my job is to monitor and report how the county executive manages the budget. And I think that's a big misconception. Uh, We're technically not in charge of the dollars that the county executive spends. The county executive proposes a budget, the legislature passes it, and then as the chief fiscal officer and audit officer, I actually look at that and say, yeah, this is reasonable or mm-hmm. it's not. You know, we also conduct uh, different audits within Erie County government just to make sure our departments are, are functioning at a proper level. They're not misusing taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 30,000 foot view, I'm, I'm the taxpayer watchdog. You know, I put the tape on the knuckles and swing hard mm-hmm. taxpayers to make sure the politicians are spending money wisely. So, Stefan, with that in, in light. Is there any hope for New York State so that we're not number one in the country as far as taxing our residents and citizens to death? Oh, it's sad. It's so sad. I mean, I have 
uh, a family. You know, my wife Ashley call uh, and I call Hamburg home. We have a 13-year-old daughter, a baby, and one on the way. Mm. Oh, I, congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> We're running for Congress, running the office of Erie County Controller, and being a dad. <laughs> wow, you could write a book at the meantime, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. Wait. Wait. <laughs> But um, bum, yeah. No, so anyways, I mean, it's it's really getting brutal out there when you start seeing uh, that we're working over five months just to pay our taxes, you know, federal and state. But we rank right up there at number one or number two as far as per capita tax uh, in the country. Unfortunately, elections have consequences. And when Republicans served as a check and balance on our extremely liberal governor and ex- our extremely liberal assembly, when that check and balance disappeared, mm-hmm. New York City Democrats basically took over all of New York state government. And that's the consequence of it. I, it it's so sad on so many different levels when it comes to taxes, government spending. You know, the governor had said there's a $2 billion shortfall in taxes in New York state. Well, I wonder why. It's because income generators are leaving New York for states like Florida, Texas, Cal- you know, not California, but Texas, the South, mm-hmm. leaving in droves. Uh, because of not only our taxes and spending in New York State, but even look at the issue of abortion. Now there's practically birth abortion that's legal in New York State. Our gun laws. I'm going to speak at two uh, uh, gun raffles uh, this afternoon because a New York City socialist wants to ban uh, gun raffles in New York State. Yes, yes, I have heard of that. Actually, a, a client uh, asked me to, to talk about that a bit uh, uh, yeah, it's it's just getting more and more, more and more overreach, more and more involvement in our lives, um, getting into our pockets, uh, you know, in so so many more creative ways. It seems, um, Stefan, can you hold over uh, for our uh, right after our one thirty break here? Sure. Okay, great. Um, we're just going to be taking a quick break here. Um, if you'd like to see us, need us throughout the week, six three three fifteen fifteen. Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron here in studio for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. We'll be right back with Stefan Mahailu. And uh, don't turn that dial. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll free at 800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at star 930. Alrighty, welcome back. This is the Financial Guys Radio Network. Jeff Boron, Mike Hayflick here in the studio. And a very active text board. It's been pretty good. Very active text board. Yeah, we had uh, glad you're talking about Tennessee because my house is for sale and I will be relocating to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, good luck, folks, if you are moving. Uh, um, It gets a little depressing. I've had some clients at times say, boy, you know, I know you guys want to highlight some of these things. But it gets depressing because I can't move. You know, some people do feel like the the roots, obviously, the family, the friends, the jobs, the things that you're connected to. So that's what makes it even that much more depressing, especially if you don't have options to leave. You know, it, it does. You know, I, I looked at all this data prior to the show talking about taxes, and it's like, you know, we think about our income tax, we think about our property tax, but everything else, 
gasoline, tolls, mm-hmm. and you start to add it all. I don't even think that's included in Tax Freedom Day. No. It's just every time they can get in your pocket, they're getting in your mm-hmm. pocket. Yeah, I wonder how all of you did out there. I know this is tax season, so uh, by the way, Esther Gullius, the tax lady, right after our show, 3 o'clock, don't, uh, don't change the dial. She's fabulous, her and her team. Um, it is tax time. Um, wonder how you did. Did you feel like you did better this year? Um, federal, state, tax-wise, or uh, or not. Um, we actually have Stefan Mahailu on the line. I did want to also, though, first say congratulations to UB. Uh, UB men's basketball, UB women's basketball, both made it to the NCAA um, uh, tournament, but they also won their first games. Uh, the women, Frank was saying, you know, they're going up against uh, UConn, juggernaut, <laughs> many, many, many times over champions, right? I mean... They're, I think, a second seed, which makes me wonder. Usually, they're like a number one seed, right? I mean, they're always, uh, they're always up there. Yeah, UConn is just unbelievably good. Yeah, I read yeah. that they're in since 2000. They're 95 and I think nine in the tournament. Oh my goodness! Just in the tournament alone. Boy, well, you know what? Maybe good we luck. slay the giant, yeah. right? Yeah. right? Maybe, luck. maybe UB women do. UB. Um, the men, I think, are playing. Um, they're they're going against Texas Tech, but it was, it was a fun game last night. Arizona State, Bobby Hurley. What a great great storyline! That was great. Did you see how upset Bobby Hurley? Oh my got? gosh! Yeah, he was, he was right in the guy's <laughs> face, and he he looked like he was going to blow some blood vessels in his eyes. He right. was so so upset. Um, yeah, but couple, that was fun. Couple fun callers see. on the line, but let's get back to Stefan and. Uh, Welcome back, Stefan. How you doing? Hey, for the record, I have UB men going to the final four in my bracket. All right. <laughs> all right. Was that well, an emotional pick or a, a true like? Yeah, are you a true, uh, you know, a picker of these games? And how, how do you do usually? <laughs> uh, I'm a Syracuse guy, so my bracket is really donezo with Syracuse. They're gone. Ah, uh, yeah. My my brother Dan is in. Uh, he's and his wife Gail. They're they're doing the boldly Buffalo campaign to raise money for UB and scholarships. Yeah. Oh, they uh, between Syracuse and UB, I had to go with you know my my college and then the hometown team. So I I, I was delivering meals on wheels this week, and, a, and an elderly gentleman asked me, "Who do you have in the Final Four? And I said, "UB," and he just almost fell off his chair laughing. <laughs> well, I hope I hope you prove that guy wrong. I, I'd love to see them get there. Even the even the Sweet Sixteen would be awesome, especially for all these seniors. I mean, that's that's been quite a group. I mean, I mean, you, you read stories about how cohesive they are, how how relaxed they are, and uh, they're just that's it's, that was a great game last well, night. You know, you think about it in Buffalo when when UB makes the playoffs. All the bars and restaurants, you know, oh, yeah. showing the game are crowded. Oh my gosh! Yeah, double orders yep. uh, of, of chicken wings for the bar. Of everything, and I mean, I ran into a few people I hadn't seen in a while, which is always cool. Like you know, you don't you don't see everybody doing this except for these types of events. Okay. Of course, our Sabers and Bills, you know, we're just still waiting. I I always say, unfortunately, it's been that the off seasons are always way more popular around here than the actual uh, regular seasons. But <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. So, Stefan, quick question: if you know, if if you were made uh, king of New York for the day instead of the other guy, um, where would you where would you cut? Maybe even what you see, but maybe even uh, across the state, we obviously have to cut our spending. Where are we spending money that, in your opinion, we're just spending too much or shouldn't spend at all? That's a great question. First thing I would do is uh, the politician in New York State and their infinite wisdom. Uh, they force their local counties to pick up a major percentage of their Medicaid bill. Uh, in New York State, most states across the country, the federal government and the state government split the bill down the middle 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the state then decides what benefits uh, they'll pay for. It used to be as high as 25%. It is a lower percentage. 
But New York State, an unfunded mandate, they forced their counties to pay a Medicaid bill. In six of the last 10 years within Erie County government, uh, our Medicaid bill uh, basically gobbles up everything we receive from property taxes so that if this unfunded Medicaid mandate didn't exist in New York State, we wouldn't even, even have to charge people a property tax. So I fought really hard, along with Congressman Chris Collins, to make sure that we can eliminate that so New York State pays their fair share. And they pick the Cadillac and health care benefits, and they stick us here in Erie County with the bill. Mm-hmm. So we could literally have a zero property tax in Erie County if we weren't for Medicaid. And I just think government spending is out of control, and taxes are just too high, or income generators, businesses, private families are leaving in droves uh, for states like Florida and the South. Uh, because they just don't want to pay the high taxes anymore. And eventually, uh, the politicians in New York City, these liberal socialists Mm -hmm. uh, that want to turn New York and America into Venezuela, they're going to run out of billionaires and successful people to tax anymore. Right. Yeah, actually, and by the way, AOC, uh, we we heard she's rooting for Electoral College in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) Yeah, she's got, I think she's got them winning. But anyway, um, you know what's really sad, though? Both sides of the aisle, um, you know, we could go back 20 years, maybe maybe further. Nobody seems to want to cut expenses. Like the, the, this budget, like the budget talks are just almost ludicrous now. Nobody looks at cutting. Nobody even looks at just keeping budgets where they are. There always seem to be increases. And I mean, it's only going to come from one place, the taxpayers. So I, I do get so frustrated if, if we actually looked at a, a typical household and if you actually ran your budget the way the federal government, the state uh, governments run the, their, their uh, you know, these entities, the, the, you're certainly you'd be, you'd be broke. You'd have $180,000 of credit card debt and you're adding 30000 a year to it. It's, it's just outrageous. Stefan, would you say that Erie County, like the taxpayers in, in Erie County are subsidizing some of the costs, Medica- Medicaid, whatever, for downstate, for New York City? For the entire New York State, yeah. And we don't get to choose what services that's provided under under Medicaid in New York State. So it's like going to dinner with your best friend. They sit down and they order everything on the menu. Dessert, prime rib, steak, they order everything. You have no choice in it. And then they hand you the bill at the end of the day and say, hey, sorry, you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the law of the land in New York State. And you're right. It's very unfortunate that so many people are leaving. But you know what? It's these damn politicians in the swamp of Albany and Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. care more about getting reelected than making tough choices. And, you know, I entered county government to serve. I, I left my private sector company because I felt passionately about being the son of immigrants. This country has been great to me. And I, I want to give back and serve. Well, 99% of the people in the swamp in Albany and Washington uh, care more about self-service than public service. And they're never going to cut spending. They're never going to cut patronage. They're going to keep raising taxes, especially now because New York City socialists control state government right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I <laughs> I don't know if, uh, who is it, Mr. DiPietro's uh, idea of of carving us into three different entities. Three different entities governed separately. I, I think it's a great <laughs> idea. I'm not sure yeah. if it'll get any legs behind it, but, uh, no. you know, because they'll try to shut him down like they do every, every time he comes up with a good idea. Sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, I, I just, you know, I look at people that I have known that have left the area, moved to Florida, moved to South Carolina, whatever, and they said it's like getting a raise. You know, I was down, um, uh, one of my clients uh, in, in the South, and they had a house that was on a hill overlooking a lake, and 
you know, it was about a million dollar home and she pays $1,350 a year in property taxes. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's, that's. People uh, do that per month here in Erie County. Yeah, I and, know. And, you know, I if know. you think about it too, I mean, the, the Trump tax cuts with the SALT provision, that's really hurting some of those wealthy mm-hmm. people. And, and it's 11 million people that got affected by the change where you can only deduct $10,000 of state income and property taxes. Someone who's paying, you know, $10,000 or more in property taxes right away lost their state income tax deduction. Sure. And what it's does that huge, do to what does that do to property uh, values, you know? Uh, you're not going to see much movement at those levels if that continues. Yeah. Well, well Stefan and, and, and very quickly, I'll yep. go back to Erie County. Again, uh, government spending is up $250 million since 2012. This year the politicians voted to give themselves a pay raise, but they refused to cut taxes for people in Erie County. And so that's what we're dealing with. I'm who got the pay raises? Just to be to be clear on that, I, I, who did get pay raises? What, what? It's going to be for the office of controller, uh, the county executive, and I believe the sheriff. But it, it does not impact me, mm-hmm. anyone in the current office right now. It's for the next person who wins the election. So whoever wins the county executive election this year, they'll be getting a raise starting January 1st. My office is not up again until 2021. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins the office then will get, I will not benefit in any way, shape, or form from the pay raises that they put in. So, yeah, so, so the politicians gave themselves a pay raise, refused to cut their taxes. Uh, and I'll challenge anyone who's driving on a county road right now, are you happy with the conditions of county roads? No, it's no. awful. I actually, no. Jeff, Jeff had a, a little report here. This is a 2016 report. New York State Thruway Authority, they collect this I, I, it blew my mind. Four hundred seventy million dollars in twenty sixteen, and I think yeah the the biggest collector was the exit fifty I believe Buffalo I two ninety fifty two million dollars in tolls, and with all that money you'd think honestly and I know you have to wait for certain seasonal changes and all that but holy well, you know cow. you come up from Pennsylvania yeah and you see the welcome New York sign mm-hmm. followed by the toll booth I know and then the roads get absolutely horrible right after you pay the toll coming to new york state yeah and there's always i mean they keep increasing tolls too i've read articles just for downstate you know and, and up here but you don't know about it now because you just drive through i know well yeah <laughs> yeah paperless uh, cashless or whatever i um, found a great way to just reach right in your pocket take the money without you even knowing it. right check your easy pass accounts folks make sure that you are getting charged the, the way you're supposed to but yeah stefan we really appreciate you coming on and uh where do you think this is going to go uh, this foia request how long do you think it'll take how long do they have to to get you the information you ask for yeah i've uh, sent in that freedom of information request to the county executive and suny press mm-hmm. uh, they have five days to respond and then acknowledgement of my request and then 30 days for information and there may be perfectly plausible answers to my questions mm-hmm. oh fine i've done fine. my job but you know just because someone says it so doesn't sure. mean it's so so we want to make sure that no government time was used no government employees were used in the production of this book and so depending on the answers to our questions, we may engage in a full-blown audit or ask another agency to come in and review this. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining in here, giving, uh, giving our listeners a little bit more feedback on that. I know people have heard about this. Uh, thanks for clarifying, giving us some more details, and um, hopefully you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. I want to go to Joe and Amherst. He's been very patient. Let's do that. And then we're going to be taking a quick break. Uh, Kevin, you will be on deck after that break. Um, Joe in Amherst, thanks for holding. Hello, Joe. Hey, Joe. Oh, thank you. 
Uh, Joe, you're breaking up. Are you there? Okay, maybe we could just put Joe back on hold um, after our quick break. Uh, Jeff Boron, Mike Hayflick here in studio for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. They're taking a little time off, maybe a little family time, chilling out a little bit. And uh, I know Mike Lomas was listening. He was on the road and um, he <laughs> never stops. We get taxed. We I know. Get, yeah. we, we all like we, we like what we do. Um, if you need us throughout the week, folks, we do manage money for a living. 633-1515. Um, if you'd like to call into our show, always an open mic session, star 930 from your cell, 803-0930, 1-800-616-9236. If you're down in the South Florida markets, feel free to call. Jeff and I would love to talk to you. All and right. Don't forget the text board, right? Absolutely. Text board. We are getting some. We'll have to share a few of these uh, when we get back. Um, I think we are going to take a quick break. Yep, perfect. And uh, we will be right back. Uh, you're listening to News Radio 930 WBEN. Forget the extremists. It's simple. No one hunts with an assault rifle. No one needs 10 bullets to kill a deer. You're listening to The Financial Guys, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free at 800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at star 930. All righty, welcome back. Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron here in studio today. Frank, Jason, behind the glass, always appreciate what they do. I didn't recognize, the, I didn't think that was Frank. I, I thought it was you, sir. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's, he, got, he's no, got the, the, the beard going. He's got a, a big, big, thick beard, and I said, if the Sabres can win two games in a row soon, he's got to shave it off. I don't know if he's agreeing to this, but. Frank, don't go uh, to the airport. <laughs> They're going to think you're a terrorist. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, boy. And, and I got to say, I really always appreciate Jason's um, words of encouragement to me to make sure that I don't. Well, let's just say that he encourages me yeah. in his own don't unique way. Don't something up. Right. Really appreciate that. So anyway, um, let's, hey, let's, let, see let, get, let's see if Joe's back. He was uh, garbled up before. Yeah, perfect. He's been holding for a long time. Joe, are you still there? Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, hey, that's better. Good, good. Couldn't hear you before. <laughs> I'm looking at the most useless cell tower in the world right now. Oh, oh okay. boy. Yeah, I, I experience that here and there. Certain certain spots in Western New York, I know. I, I just always expect that it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, die out on me. But what do you think? What about this basic income deal? You know, that, that French candidate, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, I heard him on a, uh, on a show recently uh, explaining it, and it was intriguing. I'm not, I'm not for it, but... There was one question that he, he never answered was, what would this do for economic growth? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I wonder, like, since people are going to be receiving money, could be receiving money they normally wouldn't have, uh, it's become, you know, uh, income that they save or they go mm -hmm. in, in the economy. I wonder what kind of an impact that could possibly have. Well, the, the deal, though, is it's got to come from somewhere. Right. I mean, so where in the state budget are they saying, hey, we're going to actually, you know, we're going to move money around to have twelve thousand dollars a year for anyone who's 18 and older? Where is it going to come from? I mean, it, you know, I just I just don't. Well, they're <laughs> going to take it from people who work. Yeah. And pay taxes and give it to people that don't take more. Right. So or already we, we run under uh, deficits every year at the federal level. We have huge, huge debt. Huge isn't even the right word anymore. It's just like monstrous debt. 
So the question is always like, what are you doing? Like, is there a little shell game going on where you're, you're going to move money from one place to another? Or are you finding more money in our pockets? You know, the fallacy is people look at this as it's free money. Yeah. No, no money is free. There's no. no tree that you can go pick the no. $1,000 a month from. No, there's not. I I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, how about we just say, let's let's actually do a really good job of getting kids ready to decide what they want to do. We're actually be talking a little college planning soon, but getting them ready to do something to actually make a living, let them keep more of their money like we all would like to see, and and then go from there. And then they actually achieve and they get the satisfaction of achievement, not the satisfaction of simply looking in their bank account and seeing an extra thousand in and there. And some incentives month. for those people who are willing uh or not willing, but mm-hmm. they're able to work, but they're not willing to work right. to get a job. And and you, it's what a disincentive to go out looking for a job if suddenly you're just going to sit home and 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 you know let's let's face it, we're not talking about people that have to get some unemployment. They have to have, like we said, the temporary help. But I just don't get it. I don't know what what kind of message are you sending your population that. You know, you can basically stay home if you if you'd like, but we're we're still going to reward you. I just yeah. don't get it. Yeah, we're just going to redistribute the wealth. Right. Be socialistic. It never works. No. Well, and I think these a lot of these candidates on the left they think socialism maybe hasn't worked in certain countries, but we know how to do it. We're going to do it better. Don't worry. And and do as I say, not as I do. Like Bernie Sanders with three houses, a hundred and forty-five thousand dollar Audi. Right. But we want to redistribute this wealth. I know. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Don't take mine. No. But take everybody else's. No. Anyway, Joe, don't be a stranger to the show. Thanks for calling in. I I completely agree with you guys, and 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 thank you. I think if the government wanted to do anything to help people out, I think they would put more of an emphasis on trade schools. Exactly. I absolutely agree with you. We, we were talking last week and uh, Mike Lomas and I about the college loan debt and the idea that, um, you know, the, the, we were talking about the Hollywood, the, the, the couple, you know, Hollywood actresses and a whole, whole contingent of people um, with the bribes and the fraud and all that. And you just wonder, like, why did it have to get that way? Well, because you know, they, I think they've really glorified the, the whole idea of going to college. Like, so many parents even think that's like a level or a, a certain measure of success. If my, ki- my, my kid goes to college, that's not the measure of success. It's can you, can you do something independently? Can you become a financially independent person, move out of your mom and dad's house, not go off to college and then have to move back into their house? College is a great experience for many, but it doesn't have to be the experience for, for all. For all. Yeah. So anyway, thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Talk to you again soon. Um, we've got a couple other uh, guests here on on hold. Let's see. Well, let's go to Kevin in Pendleton and Rambo Jim. You are on deck. Hey, Kevin. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good, doing good show today. Thank you. How are you? Uh, uh, well, hanging in there like everybody else <laughs> yeah. who has their head on in this state as uh, you can. <laughs> sure, sure. Just to give you a heads up here that um, that uh, the movement to divide. Um, New York State into three completely autonomous regions is mm-hmm. seceding, but just to divide it into um, three autonomous regions, which will be New Amsterdam, which is the northern region of New York, mm-hmm. um, Montauk, which will be the southern region of New York, and of course, um, the Empire region will be um, downstate, you know, those areas. So, mm-hmm. in New York City, which is definitely the plague of 
this entire state. Um, so it wasn't um, Assemblyman De Pietro's original idea at all. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the elected officials in New York State who has um, been listening to this movement. Um, and you look them up on Divide NYS, it comes up, and all the information is there. Mm-hmm. Getting to gain traction because, unfortunately, in this state and in this country on a whole, we do not have a strong and vibrant second option. And I'm speaking about the Republican Party, and mm-hmm. it's as unfortunate. Um, a political solution, this, this movement that, that divide NYS is not just looking at our elected officials to get this done. It's part of the process, but not them only. Mm-hmm. Um, here in, um, as a matter of fact, this is so big, this movement, that you have um, representatives and, and chairpersons for each county throughout the state. And this coming June 1st will be their um, annual meeting. <clears throat> um, and you can get more information on that. So I just wanted to just clarify, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I was wondering, Kevin, do you think that both sides of the aisle would even be in favor of this? Like, is there are there other parts of the, you know, the left that think that this is sensible? Uh, the majority, I wouldn't say all, mm-hmm. right, but the majority on both sides would not be in favor of it. But the thing is, so, but again, if we look at using just um, the political solution to this, when I say the political solution, look into those who are already part of the problem to fix this, we won't get anywhere. Yeah. But in the next coming months, um, we, we, um, there, there's going to be a lot of traction taking place. Um, assemblyman, um, and I forgot the gentleman's name. He was a former judge, but he is the assemblyman for um, Niagara Falls, Grand Island, and stuff. Molinero. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a idea himself um, in, 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 you know, in, in doing this. Um, but it's not part of this movement. But they are willing to talk to anyone, you know, who would like to do something about it. This, this is the final option, man. This is the final option. Yeah. If, trying to fix it and I mean well before bankruptcy right and I mean that seems clear that you know, we're heading that way if you, if, if you carve off New York City how is that going to be self-sustaining right right the thing about yeah. right and not, not that I'm worried about New York City but the reality is it, it'll just it'll just be bankrupt mm-hmm. yeah and um, and the thing about it too as we as you know that historically we know that once upon a time upstate New York had major economic based manufacturing jobs but now all the good jobs going out of state We've lost a lot of populations, and it's not due to the snow, as Cuomo would like. No, 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 no. <laughs> people, we, 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 educate, we have the best educated young people out there, and, of course, they go in elsewhere. So it's a number of things, as we know, that is contributing towards the situation. But the main problem here is individuals who are putting their ideologies and their political parties before the needs of all. And, uh, and I'm saying a lot of them is are, are the Democrats, but uh, mm-hmm. Republicans have some blame in this also. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Amen for the time and good show. All right? Yeah. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Kevin. Kevin. Always appreciate your comments. Um, we will get back to Rambo Jim after the break, Rambo Jim. Okay, so you're on deck. Um, All right. We got we to gotta plug, you know, we do manage money for a living Monday yeah. through Friday. Yeah. Uh, the neat thing about our firm is that we have different specialties. We all do general retirement and, and investment planning, which mm-hmm. is the core but uh, Mike works with uh, Social Security claiming strategies. I'm going to talk a little bit about college planning, which is my expertise in the second half 
uh, with Denise Breyer from Senior Kids to College, where we have divorce. We have a division that just works with police and firemen. Yes, we do. We actually have an independent um, investment team, and um, we are going to be joined after this break by John Thur, chartered financial analyst. He's going to just chime in on what's going on in the markets. We saw pretty big downturn at the end of 2018, but we've seen a nice recovery on the Dow S&P as well. So we're going to get John Thur's feedback. Rambo Jim, you're up on deck as soon as we return. You are listening to The Financial Guys on WBEN. The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. The financial guys shock. It's time to talk money. It's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free, 1-800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at star 930. Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. I actually had said that once, and I did not have my microphone on, so everyone Eric, laughed at me. I know. I, I hit the little red button. <laughs> Yousef over there is sleeping at the hey. at, at the wheel. I'm I'm colorblind, so I yeah, I just guess I did I didn't. Oh well, it does say on or off. I sh- I should have known. But, but you I can't read either. So. I, yeah, I have the. Uh, well, they are one syllable words. I'm all right with. But all right. well, welcome back. Rambo Jim has been uh, patiently holding online. He's got something to. Uh, Obviously, Rambo Jim always has something important to talk about. I so, know. Yeah, so I haven't. Cool. Well, you and I, we were saying we hadn't been here together in quite some time, many months, I think. And uh, um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Um, we're just halfway there. So if you are listening, 803-0930, you want to chime in, star 930 from your cell. And if you need us throughout the week, 633-1515, Jeff mentioned a few of the, the different departments we have. Um, we have quite a team. Um, I actually recently just, uh, for personal, you know, different personal um reasons I had relationships in my own family where there were some different long-term care things going on professionally than it seemed to be so overwhelming. A lot of people were in need. Just uh, completed a CLTC uh, certification. So certification in long-term care help. So I really look forward to helping more people just understand that landscape. It's a very changing landscape um, as right. far as how you can then protect yourself and your family. If you have those needs, um, feel free to call me, 633-1515. In addition, Ron Reinstein and I. Uh, Ron, also now a certified Social Security claiming strategist. We are having a workshop this Wednesday at noon in our 305 Spindrift Training Academy. You can get online and register, or you can call our, our office, 633-1515, to register. 
So let's get to Rambo Jim. Rambo Jim, how are you? Good, good, guys. Listen, listen uh, everybody's, I've been hearing uh, from time to time talk about these volunteer fire companies who, because of the stinking gun grabbers in Albany, mm-hmm. deserve to be disemboweled, by the way. Uh, I've passed this law that they're not going to let them uh, raffle off uh, any more guns at these uh, volunteer fire Oh, the gun raffles, right? Yeah. Put, right. put a which, stop to which those. raise a right. huge amounts of money, by the way, for for these organizations. Solution to the problem, gentlemen. It's called thinking outside the box. Now, Stefan Mihailu supposedly says that he believes in the right to keep and bear arms. I'm not making this up. Yesterday afternoon, I received a telephone call from the National Rifle Association. They have informed me that Oliver North is now running the NRA. You guys follow me so far? <laughs> that sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> hey, now, why can't Stefan Mihailu get a hold of Oliver North? Why can't Stefan Mihailu get a hold of uh, Caputo, who's got direct contacts in the Trump administration? Now, I know how busy President Trump is. What if Melania came here and she raffled off a couple of guns? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of guys would buy guns. Bring Rambo. some awareness to it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a well. It's 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 a grab. We were talking about taxes earlier. It's a, it's a grab on taxes. It's a grab on guns. It's a grab on rights. Basically, a lot of the rights um, that we all have, and it, it it doesn't seem to be getting any better. If we could make it get better, if we would, if we if we had, I'll be be polite and say intestinal fortitude. Mm-hmm. If yeah. We did that. Now, think about this. You want to talk about spitting in the face of the gun grabbers and the Trump haters. We raffle off that gun, those guns, maybe just two or three guns, Melania or somebody in the Trump family, if, or but possibly Vice President uh, Pence would have the time to do it, and then say to them, that's right, we broke your law. Now, what the hell are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a... A pretty ambitious thought there, Jim. I know. Well, and I, I mean, I think both sides of the aisle, you, as you said, they, they all seem to lack intestinal fortitude when it really matters. Um, you guys ever heard of Lexington and Concord? You know what that was really about? Um, I, Boy, in my former teaching years, fourth grade history, I, I remember um, it was the shots that started the, the war, right? In the world, right. Nobody knows who fired the first shot. However... The British spies had told the British Army that they knew where the colonists were stockpiling their cannons and cannonballs and black powder and, all, and bayonets and so forth and so on, weapons of war. They were going to go to um, Lexington, I think it was, uh, or Concord, and confiscate all the weapons of war that were being stockpiled by the colonists. <laughs> They met the colonists on the green, I believe, at Lexington, right? Lexington? Mm-hmm. They told, that's when the, he told them, I order you by the authority of King George to disperse. And they, and they said no, and thus the shot heard around the world was fired. Our forefathers had the intestinal fortitude to stand up to the British Army when the sun never set on the British Empire. They were the biggest empire at that time in history, mm-hmm. world. And if we, if our forefathers could do that, we can't stand up to some little rinky-dink politicians in Albany. I hear you. I hear you, Rambo Jim. I'd hear you. 
they had the courage to, to stand up to an army. If logic, if you know anything about the history of the Revolutionary War, there's no way we should have been able to defeat the British, but we did. I agree. And they had the Hessians helping them, and they still lost the war. Yeah. And all it takes is a little heart and courage. And, and, and like I said, what if, if somebody in the Trump administration violated that law, who's going to come and arrest us? Right. Who's going to arrest us? Yeah. No, good, good points. There's no question. I think there needs to be more courage. There needs to be a bigger stand. The problem is I think everyone in charge in New York State is, uh, is on, on the left. Yeah, I mean— And it just you, isn't going to happen. But we, we can't just, I guess, lie down over it. I, I get it. Guys, guys, is there a volunteer fireman that doesn't own a gun? I would say I that know. I would say a lot of them are hunters. I would and imagine. Just to go yeah. the territory. Sure. A volunteer fireman showed up with his or her gun and said, now what are you going to do about it? Sure. You know what they'll do? They'll back down. Sure. They will back down. They're not going to get into a firefight with 150 or 200 or 300 or 400 volunteer firemen and all their families, friends, and supporters like us. They're not going to do it. Sure. Well, you know what? And I, I fear that that might be where we're heading, you know, because honestly. Standoff. It's, yeah. Anyway, thanks a lot, Rambo right, thanks, Jim. Jim. Well, I'll tell you, passionate guy there, and I think he's got a lot of great points. It's just, it's so far-reaching to think that that will happen because, um, you know, you, you just you just can't do it. You can't, do, you can't make a difference. It seems like no matter what happens, you, you just cannot make a difference or a dent. So anyway, uh, Rambo right. Jim, thanks again. Eight zero three zero nine thirty. John Thur, our Chartered Financial Analyst, part of our investment committee, has been patiently holding. Yes, we wanted to have John join us. We've had a little volatility in the market yesterday. Was uh, a pretty volatile day, mm-hmm. and just get some of John's thoughts as he looks at the markets and he works with uh, all of us on the investment committee as to what he sees and some thoughts from John. So, yeah. so John, welcome to the show. Thanks again for calling in. Um, I, I wondered if you thought this is just more traditional volatility, almost like this is what we should expect, what we saw oh, right around the 1st of October of 18 and now even even now. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That's a good question, Mike. Um, I just read something on that with regard to um, – you know, the, 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 the spikes, the spike down in mm-hmm. the quarter, now the spike up in the first quarter. And you ask yourself, what's changed? Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been asking myself as I watch the stock market rally. What changed from the fourth quarter? We are still in an earnings recession this year. It's going to continue, um, in my opinion, from hey. everything I'm reading and what I'm studying on the numbers. Mm-hmm. John, with the, it's funny because I was watching a clip of uh, Trump being interviewed and he specifically was talking about, yes, the rest of the world is slowing. We just released 3.1% growth, you know, the, the best growth we've had in years. And with things the U.S. is starting to do, he doesn't see the U.S. going into a slowdown where we all kind of start, start to feel it now. Well, we, we already are in a slowdown. He's thinking we're not going to recession. Two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So w- that's the... That's getting to the crust of it, Jeff, is when he says, well, that's them over there, and, and we're over here doing great. Well, the problem is it's all tied together. When yeah. you watch yesterday and you saw the 10-year Bund or the German 10-year government note mm-hmm. move at a negative interest rate, it crossed through zero, went to negative. 
and then all of a sudden our tenure the last couple of days has been moving down. That's because they're tied together. Historically, you look at spreads and you say, okay, what's the widest the difference between our tenure and the German tenure has been? Mm-hmm. And you'll see we're kind of at that widest, if not the widest point it's ever been. So how wide can we go before our bond will chase down and be tied to their bond? So when their bond goes down, what happens? They're getting negative. People take money and put it over here. Hmm. They invest here because our yield is a lot higher. Sure. And it brings the spread in. So that's what's happening. Our yield curve went negative yesterday between the three-month bill and the 10-year Treasury, and it freaked everybody out because everybody thinks that's a precursor to recession. Well, what it is, it's the technicals of what's going on. And the precursor here is Europe is going into recession, I believe, mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. The, we're in the second half. So when you say we're, we're decoupled, we are, and we're doing things different. Our Fed, our central bank has been able to raise rates in the face of our government, cutting corporate tax rates, incentivizing investment, full empo- so-called full employment, um, and a stronger economy, less regulation. I can go on and mm-hmm. on. We were able to raise rates. The rest of the world, China, Japan, and Europe, can't do that. So we can only go so far before we get dragged into this. And now I believe our Fed came out this week after their meeting and brought a dovish tone. Mm-hmm. The early language in their first statement was the economy's weakening. So what does that tell you? Well, I think a big part of what they're doing and staying staying in place on interest rates is because the dollar has gotten so strong that the price of oil is weak. Mm-hmm. Strong dollar, it's priced. Uh, the oil is priced in dollars, so as the dollar gets stronger, the price of oil needs to go down because you don't need as many dollars to buy a barrel of oil. Well, they're getting pressure from that side. They're getting pressure because the strong dollar is hurting Europe. They're getting pressure all over the place. Getting strong dollars hurting exports. And with this trade war, we already got enough problems. So this is starting to get very complicated. And the moves that are made are not so simple, and they don't just affect one area. Right, right. And we're we're, uh, we're talking to John Thur. He's a, a friend, colleague, uh, chartered financial analyst, part of our independent solutions, independent financial team, um, stock portfolio manager, guru. Um, John, what do you think about the, the rising interest rates that, that affected us in, in 2018? Have they come out and said they're not going to raise interest rates the rest of this year? Pretty much said that. They mm-hmm. almost said they're not going to raise rates until 2020. So <laughs> taking rate hikes off the table this year. And what you're seeing in the market, again, the way I described it to you, uh, and on how the 10-year yields came down in Europe and are bringing ours down, mm-hmm. when you see the curve do that and become inverted, it's basically the old way when the bond gurus were forcing the Fed to cut rates. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been 10 years, it, the saying's been out there, don't fight the Fed. Sure. Go with them. You know, you're not going to fight it. We know rates shouldn't be this low. We know they're at zero and they shouldn't be for 10 years. Right. You can't fight it. Just go with the, with the ride. They're going to do what they got to do. So what they're doing now, I see, is this inverted curve is supposed to force the Fed to lower the short end to steepen the curve again. So we'll see what happens there. But as far as what rates did for us last year, it didn't really hurt us until October 3rd, and I wrote this in my paper for the fourth quarter, everybody in the market kept saying, nah, this isn't real, this won't go much further, they can't keep doing this, the economics don't support it. And then in October 3rd, when the Fed chair said 
we're going to neutral and we're a ways away, the final group of people acquiesced and said, oh, my God, this is for real. And we're going higher on rates. Sure. And the reason why it hurt the market so much, because there's so many companies borrowing huge amounts of money mm-hmm. buy back their own stock. Right. And it's fabricating earnings per share growing when their earnings or their sales are not growing that much. So right. that's what scares the market when they're worried about rates going higher is that cost of borrowing uh, is going to go up for those companies and it's going to hurt their earnings. Hey, John, if you look at where earnings are projected right now in the for the U.S. stock market versus where the S&P is, um, you know, we usually have an average of about 16.1 times earnings on a P.E. ratio. Where do you think we are right now? Well, um, let me do the math real quick for you guys because they're projecting about a one hundred and sixty-six dollars in earnings per share um, for the S and P for the S and P five hundred. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or price, uh, yeah, you're looking for. Uh, so we want to get the price to earnings. So we take we're at twenty-eight hundred right now, right? Mm-hmm. So we take twenty-eight hundred. I just did this yesterday, so I should have it on top of my head. Divided by the one sixty-six. Sixteen point nine. Sixteen point eight six. You got it. That's what I get. So you're looking at seventeen times earnings. Now, you, but you got to understand, they look at the operating earnings. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, they look at yeah, they look at operating earnings, not net earnings. Net okay. earnings are usually lower. Right. So when you look at operating earnings, that's not the real number, because what counts is net earnings. So that sixteen PE is really, or seventeen PE is really about a twenty PE on net income. Okay. So we're at a pretty high P.E., um, but it can go higher uh, because it was at 25 in 2017. Right. John, are you seeing uh, earnings forecast going up, going down, staying sideways? What are you starting to see from the companies that are, uh, you know, pre-releasing some of their thoughts of, of their next couple quarters? Yeah. From what I'm seeing, I think we're going to start to see earnings drop uh, in the next couple quarters. Uh, relative to where they think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So the estimates are going to be brought down. Um, and, as, and I think a lot of it has to do with Europe. And, and FedEx comes out and blames Europe. And I forgot who it was the other day came out and said things are slowing you know, for them because of Europe. Um, so I think you're going to start to see earnings across the board start to slide a little bit. Not, not a lot, but I think you're going to start to see companies being affected. Mm-hmm. Any chance of recession in 2019? I don't think night here in 19. I think it could come in 2020 um, if we aren't able to, to do the things we need to do to combat it. And that's what concerns me is uh, the government is in kind of a deadlock here. And if there's things that need to be done quickly, I'm not so sure we can get them done to help avoid a recession. So that's what concerns me. I don't think we have to go in a recession just because Europe's going in a recession. Right. Um, but I think we're going to need some some activities uh, to, to prevent that, and I'm not so sure we can get that done. Okay. Awesome. Always love segments with you, John. Um, uh, hey, listeners out there, if you'd like to get in touch with John Thur at our office, 633-1515. If you have any thoughts, you have some questions about kind of the market updates, the, the economic forecast, John does quarterly market updates in our office now, and, uh, you know, they're so well attended. I mean, we've had to add multiple sessions um, but you're, John, just part of a, a bigger team for our independent solutions group, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right, John, thanks for joining us, as always. Awesome. Have a great Saturday. All right, guys. All righty. Take care, John. Take care.
All right. You want to take John before we take the uh, or Pat before? Yeah, we take let's the break? do that. We blew All through right. a break. I know. Maybe we'll catch up. Uh, uh, we'll get another short break. That next, means one of my songs hour, won't be but, uh, Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks right, again so to John Thur. Pat and Buffalo, the comment about New York government. So I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Hey, Pat. Hi. Uh, there's an article in the Amherst Bee that's very interesting. It says Western New York residents cannot afford more taxes. Apparently, the uh, New York City Democrats drafted a plan. And I don't know if people are aware of this. What they're going to do is they want a 25% tax on paper grocery bags. Mm-hmm. They want to do um, a gasoline tax, a higher gasoline tax. They also want to start taxing medication and prescription drugs. Oh, I heard about that one. That floored me because seniors can't even afford the prescriptions now. And President Trump is trying to get the prescription drugs to lower their prices. And now we're going to tax them in New York State? You know, and it's funny when you said about the gasoline, because I was looking at some of the, the data I pulled regarding New York tax. New York is fifth in the country hmm. with regards to gas. Every gallon of gas that we buy has 44 cents <laughs> of tax, if you think about it. So if you start raising it. You know, I mean, I guess that's Governor Cuomo wanting to be number one in every category of highest taxes. He's number five right now, and his goal is to be number one. Let's raise it up. Um, but... For, you know, I never realized that we pump gas, we watch gas prices, forty-four cents a gallon. Sure. Oh yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, we're not quite that number one yet, but uh, but just give them some time. You know, the other thing too, um, you mentioned prescription drug uh, tax. It's it's already tough for that part of our population. I mean, people on Social Security they get cost of living adjustments if there is a, a raise in the CPI. And usually that gets offset then by the cost of Medicare going up. Exactly. So now if you're already, you're basically negating the raise, the COLA with higher Medicare premiums, but now you want to actually tax even further, um, you know, prescription drugs of all things. So yeah, it's outrageous, Pat, no doubt about it. But you know, he's got a multi-billion dollar deficit. Mm -hmm. And instead of cutting spending, we're looking at what else can we tax, surcharge. And I'm looking at Cell phone. We don't even think about these things, and and that's why I wanted to bring everyone's attention. Cell phone tax in New York State, eighteen point three percent. Wow. So so you look at things, you know, Pat, like prescription drugs, things you really need today. I mean, I don't know too many people that really you know get around without having a cell phone. So let's tax death, eighteen point three percent, forty four cents on a mm-hmm. gallon of gas. It just gets crazy. But all these things that we use every day, we mm-hmm. just keep nickel and diming people. And until then, no wonder uh, I've got to move. I can't afford to live here anymore. Right. Here, here's where we are a little lower on the list um, for spirits or alcohol and wine. <laughs> Bottles of alcohol, we are 22nd in the country, ranked 22nd. And then for wine, Jeff, you pointed this out. I like a glass of red wine here and there. New York's 30, uh, 41, 41st on the list. So I guess they drive us um, to those those bottles, don't they? They drive us to the bottles, and there must be some politicians down in Albany that are really wine aficionados. There you go. So they're not going to tax They themselves. say don't do this to us. We're going to take a short break. Thanks again, Pat, for calling in. Don't be a stranger to the show. Um, when we get back, we are going to squeeze John in Rochester on. He is on deck. We're also going to be meeting and visiting here with Denise Breyer. Uh, she is part of the Send Your Kids to College group and all pro tutoring. So when we get back from this break, um, we will talk to Denise. So thanks for listening. This is Mike Hayflick, Jeff Bohr on The Financial Guys uh, here on News Radio 930 WBEN. 
I hate breaking my music selection. I know, this is all right. I like a little ELO. That was one of the first concerts I ever went to. Oh yeah, yeah oh my god. ELO. It was, Did you have real big hair good. back then? Huh? Did you have big hair? Yeah, uh, as big as it can get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they came out and they had these white, you know, like cellos, uh-huh. and they were spinning them. Oh my! Yeah, it was it was really really. They've cool. they're pretty innovative. But I just band. saw they're pretty having cool. they're having a reunion tour, better known as we ran out of money. You know we bought uh, too much drugs. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, but uh, Jeff Lynn always one of the favorites. So yeah, very so. good. Well, we're back here uh, in studio with uh, Denise Breyer. We're going to ask Denise a few questions we'll about talk a little bit about college. If you yep. know anybody, uh, you know family members, friends, neighbors, etc who is in high school, a freshman, sophomore, or junior right now, just uh, wanted to plug, we just released the Send Your Kids to College Scholarship. It's an annual scholarship we do. It's $3,000 in total awards. That means three $1,000 scholarships only for Western New York students. So when Mm -hmm. I do this, sponsor this scholarship, it is only students, so you're not competing with kids from all over the country. And uh, it's been mailed out to a number of households, but it's also in all of the guidance department offices. So if you have a son or daughter, freshman, sophomore, or junior, tell them to go down to their guidance counselor and ask for the Young Achievers Scholarship from Send Your Kids to College, their little booklets. If you want, you can give me a call at 689-7477, and I can mail one out. Or even easier, go to sendyourkidstocollege.com, and you can download the scholarship there and actually fill it out online. But uh, we award uh, once a year three $1,000 scholarships. But with us today, I brought uh, one of my colleagues from Send Your Kids to College, Denise Breyer, who is one of the co-owners of All Pro Tutoring. And they do ACT, SAT, plus a whole bunch of other tutoring and helping mm-hmm. students write the college app essay. So welcome, Denise. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. She made it into the the building, and she had a a few, well, actually, like a Mastiff, maybe, even? A little Mastiff. It might have been a Mastiff. Came and greeted you somewhere in this building, (laughs) so someone decided to bring their their pooch to to work and scared the daylight out of Denise. Jason thought it was you and wasn't going to let her in. (laughs) I know, right. Yeah, yeah, But anyways, uh, Denise Denise and uh, Jackie, Jackie Sheehan, have founded All Pro Tutoring several, several years ago. They're now in how many school districts are you in? About 21 or 22. It's been a fantastic story. They work with students uh, in those school districts, doing some group classes, and also you're doing a lot of private one-on-one tutoring right now. That is now. correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the th- why Send Your Kids to College partnered up with All Pro Tutoring is the fact that they're the most affordable SAT, ACT prep service in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that's going to be uh, less costly but certainly not as cost-effective is going and buying that thick phone book and telling your kid go to your room and study while he's playing mm-hmm. on his phone and watch and doing Xbox instead. Um, the classroom instruction, the one-on-one tutoring, just been fantastic. Denise, do you have some success stories about students, uh, how much they've raised their scores? Oh, sure. We have pretty consistent score boosts. Um, several hundred points. I had one kid uh, not real confident. I wasn't real sure of his strengths, mm-hmm. and we worked with him, and he raised his score about 300 points. Wow, hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. substantial. And if you could tell the listeners, you know, if, if someone, maybe a grandparent's listening, so how important SATs and ACTs are when students are applying to college as far as not only getting in, 
but sometimes some of the merit type awards that they get for hitting certain scores and how it translates to dollars and cents for the parents and grandparents that are helping pay for this. Oh, sure. Uh, the average SAT score is 1,000. So that means you're right smack dab in the middle of the bell curve if hmm. you hit 1,000. We like to counsel students, if you're truly college-bound, uh, aim for a 1250. That seems to be the magic number with presidential scholarships and merit money and financial aid. It also helps with freshman course placement. If you score real low, they might let you in, but hmm. you're going to have to take remedial classes. Right. If you score real high, uh, you might be able to bypass some of your 101 classes. Mm -hmm. So high scores, are they're pretty important. I, I, and I think one of the greatest things that you guys came up with is doing a simulated test, which there's no charge for, no pressure, no sales calls afterwards, just to let the student know before they sit down for the real thing. Um, well, you can tell us a little bit about how that all works. Sure. We offer a free simulated test every month. Uh, we have two locations. One is uh, at uh, Cent uh, the Financial Guy, uh -huh. Send Your Kids to College, 305 Spindrift. We also offer it at Niagara University. Uh, it's an actual simulated test, four hours in length, um, it, it completely free. It's open to all students throughout Western New York. We hmm. just ask that you come and uh, pre-register. You can do that at www.allprotutoring.com. And... Uh, how, how is that? Is it then you guys grade that and yes. you give them the kids the results back? We do. So that that's yes. a great way to do it because then you can kind of see like how did you do? What sections were you a little bit weaker on? Then that obviously sets it up for geez, can you help me? Exactly. You know the math we scores like have, weren't so so high. I need a little help. Yeah, we get a baseline score and uh, the students know what their scores are. They can either self-direct their own learning, or they can come to a class, mm -hmm. they can get private tutoring, they can form a group study group, and so, things like that. Awesome. Now, Denise, SAT, there's ACT. Now, I, I've been doing college planning. I've been certified since, oh, 2003. It doesn't <laughs> seem that long, but I put mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of kids through college where most people put one or two. In any event, you know, back when I started, I never even heard of the ACT. Now it seems to be almost, what is it, about 50-50, SAT and ACT? Uh, actually, the ACT is far more uh, throughout the country. Throughout the country. Uh, how about mm -hmm. in Buffalo? In mm -hmm. the Northeast, we seem to still be sticking to the, S the SAT. Um, we're seeing a lot more ACT coming up. Okay. If a student is deciding between, should I take the SAT, should I take the ACT, what do you tell them? Take them both. Take mm -hmm. them both. I uh, come sit with us and take a, take a simulated test. Uh, take them both. Decide which one you like. They're kind of half a dozen of one, six of another. It, they're the same but different. Uh, the SAT is a little bit more dense, but the timing on the ACT is pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a, a daughter. I have two. One one has been in in school third year now here locally, and uh, another one's off to college next year. SUNY Oswego is getting my Madison. And I know that the scholarships, um, part of the criteria were, were the range of what her SAT scores were. So I don't know if they could Im immediately eliminate her from you know that that the certain dollar amount, mm -hmm. but it was definitely a factor. So Excellent. I mean, mm -hmm. we said, honey, you know, like <laughs> there's a significant difference, like from fifteen hundred dollars to say five thousand dollars a year by being in a certain range. So there's certainly it's it's like it correlates right from the score 
two dollars potential goes, dollars yep, their scores right to the wallet absolutely yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i was wondering too um you know we were talking last week about the the fraud out in hollywood and and some of these you know big universities and scan you know all the scandal do, do you ever find that you have to say to some students and their parents you know do, do you ever think that maybe college just might not not be the route for you maybe there's other ways to do it do, do you ever get to that point yeah there's a lot of pressure on these kids to go to college go to college yeah. go to college it's not for everybody uh, there's a lot of other options out there. There's the ASVAB test for the military. Uh, having a military background it really has a lot of benefits in, in life in general, mm-hmm. uh, as well as being an awesome profession. Uh, there's also BOCES has come a long way. They're programs. When you graduate, your boots are right on the ground, mm-hmm. right into a well-paying job. Uh, there's the trades. There's there's a tremendous There's lack, a, a deficit, right? Yeah, of trades. People. You know, I've got a client that owns a collision shop, and he was telling me that I don't know who's going to fix our cars mm-hmm. 10, 15 years from now because there are no young people coming into that industry. Right. And right. he said everybody in there is 40, 50, some maybe 60, and he said we're not backfilling and getting mm-hmm. people to get experience in that through through the trade schools, et cetera. Absolutely. There's just not enough of them. I mean, Welders, sure electricians, there. plumbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are all things that will not ever go away in terms of a need. <laughs> right, a need um, and roofers, and a, and all, a all these occupation. things. Right, great Absolutely. occupation for a lot of people. The, the struggle I have, Mike, is when I have parents coming in, and, and this is, you know, I lay, when we do our uh, our workshops, we lay this out. You should really understand your resources by that your income and how much of that is disposable to help pay for college, your, your, your assets, you know, have you saved for college, have you not, mm-hmm. and then loans and, and understand how loans work before you go driving around and looking at colleges. Because, you know, the analogy I say is your son or daughter is 16 and you're going to get them their first car, you don't take them to the BMW dealership and, right. and, and right. drive the 700 series. Yeah. Well, you know what that costs, but mm-hmm. parents are going in thinking, uh, well, somehow we'll just look at this college. The student, the parents, everybody falls in love with a college. And then, you know, I, I deliver the heartbreaking news that, you know, the, here's how the system's going to work. Here's your net price. Mm-hmm. And let's take a look at your resources, your income, your assets. And sure. they find it's not affordable. Mm-hmm. But they've fallen in love with it. They've told their friends. They've told their family that yep. their son or daughter is going to a certain school, and now they kind of feel ashamed. The yeah, uh, student right. gets depressed. Yep. Every It's just a bad situation. Do your homework up front. We offer a free consultation. If you want to come in, we'll show you how the system works. We'll plug in some of your numbers for you and look at different schools that you might be considering and actually point you at some schools that, that may or may not fit. Yeah. You know, I had parents yeah. came to me, and they qualify for needs-based aid, but their daughter applied for a very high-end school. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, I thought I was going to get all kinds of financial aid. We looked at her SAT score compared to the incoming freshman. We looked at her grades. They don't want this student. Mm-hmm. So it's not black and white. It's a system where the financial aid directors get what's called discretionary authority. If they want a student, they're going to throw money to get that mm-hmm. student. If sure. they don't want that student, they don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know, It's almost like the contractor that comes to your house and says, well, I'm too busy to take this job, but if I charge him three times the normal price and he says yes, hey, what the heck, I'll right. take it. Right, yeah. That's the same way the schools are working. That's awesome, yeah. So I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we'll um, just a little more question time here with Denise Breyer from All Pro Tutoring, part of the Send Your Kids to College uh, financial guys uh, group that Jeff heads up. 
Um, it's, uh, what is it, May? No, it's, I'm sorry, March 23rd. So we're heading into, what, the last uh, quarter for high school students. You know, some of them are, you know, getting ready to go off to college. We're going to just talk to Denise a little bit after this break just to find out what some of these underclassmen, even middle schoolers, should be doing right about now and how, how you can set up a good plan to prepare the best you can for college. So uh, Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron here in studio with the Financial Guys. We're going to take a quick break uh, here on News Radio 930 WBEN. All righty, welcome back. Having some fun here on a Saturday. Jeff Boron and Mike Hayflick, um, Reunited. We don't want to play that old song, Reunited. Don't no, Please don't. Do you know who sang that? Um, Peaches and Herb. Wow. Yeah, Good job, Mike. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> Wasn't my favorite band, but... You're, yeah. you're pretty old. Yeah, I, <laughs> actually, yeah. I, I grew up with like the, the uh, maybe six, seven years older type of music because I was the youngest in the family. So I could never stuff. figure out if it was Peaches and Herb or Peaches and Herb. And Herb. <laughs> I think I probably said Herb whenever I saw it, yeah. Because Herb was, a, you know, Herb was a guy. I, I know. <laughs> Peaches was the, was the girl. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> oh, anyway, here we are um, talking to Denise Breyer. We're going to wrap this up and... Uh, didn't forget about you, John, and Rochester. Sorry about that. I meant to get you in before before our college uh, talk here. Our screen says the Bueller Report. Ah, yes. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> oh, great movie. Ferris Bueller, yes. Um, um, but anyway, yeah, so we'll get to that. And uh, Denise, so, you know, we're talking about college planning and, and doing things right and getting your scores up. What can some of the kids out there be doing right now? What what you know what, what would you say is a good checklist for say juniors right now? Well, for juniors right now, they should be uh, kind of wrapping up uh, t- their testing if they decided on the SAT or the ACT. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to say about those tests is kids are like, which one should I take? We counsel them, take them both, decide which one you like better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the general rule of thumb is that if the student is planning on going into a STEM career which would be science, technology, engineering, or math, to lean toward the ACT because it does have a science component, whereas mm, the okay. SAT does not. Uh, so it, it, prepping for their tests, their spring test if they're a junior, uh, te- next test is in May, then June, and then there's a final sitting in um, August 24th. Mm-hmm. We like to counsel that they have all their testing out of the way before senior year um, and just enjoy senior year. Uh, for freshmen, I would suggest work on your grades. Uh, for sophomores, start thinking about maybe some possible career paths. Sure. And like we said, college isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, take a look at what's out there. Uh, other options, such as the trades or the military or uh, something like that. Uh, juniors, keep your grades up. Finish your testing out in the spring. Uh and then enjoy senior year. Sure, sure. And, and Denise, let's say uh, let's say you've got a student, eighth grader, freshman, sophomore before SAT, ACT t- t- uh, time, and they're struggling in a certain subject. Is that something you help them with as well? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we do a lot of that. And the number one thing that I think college admissions look at are, are your grades in and in, in the rigor mm-hmm. of your curriculum. Uh, you're taking real tough AP and honors, things like that. Sure. Uh, and getting good grades, that's really critical. Uh, SAT and ACT scores matter after that. And I know they, they actually ask for transcripts. So yes. they probably look, don't they look at like a, 
kind of a sequence of how did you go from freshman, sophomore, junior, senior? Like, I mean, if you had a declining academic record, yes, clearly that could be impacting on you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's great. Good. Very um, good. So when is the next uh, simulated test that parents can, uh, can come in and uh, drop their students off, hang out, whatever they want to do? It would be Saturday, April 6th. Uh, we have a sitting at Niagara University from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m., and also Saturday, April 6th at uh, 305 Spindrift. Mm-hmm. We're also offering parents or inviting parents to stick around for about a 90-minute presentation. We're going to talk about um, the importance of choosing a major. And we got, you found this information for us, uh, 31% of students in a four-year program graduate in four years. Right. And it's it's, you know, and a lot of them are changing majors, changing colleges, which shows they're not really prepared. And and they're young. We know that. But it has a ripple effect. And it comes to me when families in their mind are planning because I work on the financial side, they're planning for a four year education. But we've got students that are not graduating until their fifth or sixth year. Mm -hmm. In fact, you look at a lot of the Mm -hmm. SUNYs now, they're publishing their six year graduation rate. And that's for an undergraduate. That seems absurd. (laughs) It really does. It almost sounds like that line that John Belushi used in the Animal House. But uh, (laughs) no, students are taking five and six years, and it's got a ripple effect because we're planning on four. You've got extra cost. More importantly, that student won't be in the job market as Mm -hmm. soon as they should be. So there's a first-year salary or second-year salary off the table. Sure. And then it compounds if you are fortunate enough to get the Excelsior Scholarship in New York State. If you don't keep on academic track, you lose that Excelsior scholarship. Mm-hmm. So the Excelsior applies to families with incomes over under 125000 free tuition in New York State. But if you're not on track to do 30 credit hours per year and you fall behind, you drop a class, you change sure. major, you just lost that money. Yeah, boy. So. Well, well, there's no, I mean, there's no crystal ball, right? We say that in the financial, uh, you know, industry, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in the markets. Let's plan this out. But it's about increasing the probabilities of your success, right? So if you can get in and talk to people like Joff, like Denise, like Jackie, and just get a game plan and actually start mapping out, you might just start eliminating certain things, maybe even some college visits. Maybe it's not as important when you're a freshman, sophomore, but you know, just start going and seeing what the culture's like. I know we always used to say there's got to be that social, academic, and a financial fit. I know for my daughter, uh, Maddie's going to play softball. It had to have an athletic fit as well. So um, there's just so many components, but you can do some legwork and actually increase those probabilities of success. Right. And you've, you've got to do the planning up front. You've got to know where your situation lies mm-hmm. academically, financially, before you go driving around the country looking at schools. You also have to know what to do when you get to the school. Absolutely. So, you know, I talk to parents and I say, yeah, we're going to go visit this college. Well, what would you do? Well, we walked around. We looked at the dorm <laughs> room. There are a lot of things you should cover in a college visit, questions to ask, people to possibly have appointments set up yep. and go through. And then there should be some format that you're using to track because after a while they're all going to blend together. Yes, yes. And to really understand yep. what this college offers that the other colleges don't and understand how that net cost is going to work out and whether that's in your budget or not. Yeah, yeah, no well, doubt. That's before great. you go look at it. Great advice, and uh, thank you so much for being here, Denise. Thank great to so see you again. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, that's Denise nice Breyer. Well. Yeah, all pro tutoring. Um, to reach you throughout the week, how, how can people best reach you? Uh, our website, our, our 
Mm-hmm. Uh, website is www.allprotutoring.com. All right. Uh, you can reach us at 716-400-2767 or 716-310-3319. Awesome. And there are uh, a couple locations on Saturday, April 6th to just basically let your students go and do a simulation of an SAT test. And that is 10 to 2 p.m. either at Niagara University or at the Financial Guys offices at 305 Spindrift. And um, you know, I think that's a real worthwhile thing for uh, for uh, the students to do. Get in, see how you're doing. Parents, take advantage of these experts to, to, to talk about the game plan, the right. roadmap. And, and many of them, what we're gonna do is the parents wanna stay around, drop the kids off, let the you know let the kids into the classroom where mm-hmm. they're going to take the simulated test and then we could have a small workshop for the parents to just talk about some of the things they should be thinking about um, don't let your son or daughter who's 17 years old make a quarter of a million dollar decision right right you know it's so it's, that, important. it's as simple as that <laughs> it's as simple as that uh, anyway thank you very much denise for thank being you. here um, what we're going to do, we're going to be wrapping up the show um, here. We're going to get John and Rochester on. and Who's been patiently waiting. John, how are you? Thanks John, for waiting, John, pal. you want to talk about the Bueller report? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I wanted to add something to the ACTs and SATs. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Sure. With Denise, uh, I did some research. Now, this is about seven or eight years ago, and uh, I found that in the state of Virginia, North Carolina, Alabama, and the state of Florida, and among some other states where uh, people are migrating to, the ACE, average ACT and SAT scores were pretty much on par with New York State, uh, somewhat on an average below, but not much. And I thought to myself, we're paying 60 to 70 percent more in school taxes than those uh, states, mm. that the performance levels aren't that much better, if if at all. So I, I, I just thought that was so ironic. Hmm. Yeah, we do pay a lot per head for school taxes. But but on the Mueller report, yeah, you know, uh, it looks like it looks like Trump wasn't involved with Russian collusion, and now the real scandal can come out. The biggest scandal, in my opinion in American history in my lifetime, and I remember Dwight Eisenhower. Hmm. Uh, This Obama administration's Justice Department, FBI, CIA, NSA, uh, and other departments were in collusion together on an American citizen who was running for president of the United States. Yes. And this is going to hit the fan. Right now, there's some criminal investigations going on behind the scenes. And uh, this is going to come out, uh, and I'll tell you, it's going to it's going to be huge. Do you think Attorney General William Barr is going to have the stones to go ahead and do something and uh, actually get that going without redacting the whole thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to have to he's going to have to act. But before he was put in that place, uh, there has been some investigations behind the scenes uh, by the Inspector General and. Uh, Investigating Bruce Orr, investigating uh, uh, Peter uh, Peter Strzok, mm-hmm. investigating James Comey. Uh, this is going to be done now. Fire has to make a decision whether to pursue uh, criminal or worse charges against these individuals based upon 
you know, the evidence that's come out of the investigations going on. So this is, to me, huge. Uh, yeah. Dan Bongino wrote a book called Spygate. Mm-hmm. It's covered in that book, uh, among others, uh, uh, Professor Paul Kengor also has written some books on this issue, and Greg Jarrett, who is a constitutional attorney, mm-hmm. has written some books. So this is huge. The media, Buffalo News, New York Times, L.A. Times, Washington Post, uh, MSNBC, uh, you know, the big media giants, they purposely have ignored it because it doesn't suit their political purposes. John, what I love is Trump was the first one to come out and say, I want this report to go public. And then you've got Schumer, you know, after the fact, standing up and saying, we must insist that Trump releases this report. <laughs> I mean, it's just the grandstanding and, you know, the, the politics going on to this. I don't think it's going to end for a long time. Every time I see Chuck Schumer, uh, I actually had a face-to-face conversation with him, and it was a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, but but anyways, every time I see Chuck Schumer, I think of the Roman Empire in the corrupt Senate, <laughs> Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. He's got the haircut that suits that style of the uh, senators in the Roman uh, Roman times. Yeah. yeah oh, it's going to be, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think it should be a public document, That's, but it'll probably be public, but it'll be redacted beyond belief. Right. We're going to have to cut you loose, John. Thanks again for calling in. Have a great, great rest of your weekend. Keep up with the flight, guys. Will do. You too. Thanks. All right. We are uh, out of time, and uh, don't turn that dial. We have Esther Gullius, the tax lady, and her fabulous team. If you need to reach reach us throughout the week, folks, 633-1515. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter. Boy, I'll be all right. Glad uh-huh. the show's over. At FinGuys. Uh, you can also go to thefinancialguys.com. You found out there's less tax on alcohol in New York State. You, <laughs> you're drinking during the so show. So I started, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you're listening to The Financial Guys here on News, News Radio 930, WBEN. Esther is up next.